You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Ireland. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to the site now and look at uh, all the stuff we have ready for you for Week 11. The pick straight up, picks against the spread, sleepers, bust, stardom, sit em, everything you can imagine there for gambling and fantasy football we have up at Sporting News. And we'll keep doing that here for you on Matchup Thursday. So we'll look at eight games in detail on the show. Uh, Starting with the Saints-Eagles game, still in that early window. Then all the way through the Giants and Buccaneers on Monday Night Football. We also have some marquee games in between. The Packers and Vikings there in Minnesota. The Cowboys and Chiefs in Kansas City. And that Sunday night game also has some intrigue here with the Steelers traveling to Los Angeles to face the Chargers. So we'll break down all those games for you. If you missed the first half of games, the seven games there on the early side of the Week 11 window, including uh, Thursday Night Football there between the Patriots and Falcons. Check that out on Matchup Wednesday. We do a double shot every week, breaking down all the games. And again, thanks once again for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We are free and available for you on all platforms. All right, time to break down the Saints-Eagles game. Well, we're getting good news here on Alvin Kamara. Got a limited practice with knee injury. It was never meant to be a long-term thing. He did miss last week, Mark Ingram. Seamlessly looked really good in his place in the matchup there in Tennessee. So Ingram is a guy that you should have handcuffed to Kamara. That was a reminder there if you didn't do it. They also are having Tony Jones Jr. coming back. So that could complicate things a little bit with the touches there behind Kamara. But they trust Ingram. That's why they reacquired him. He's a familiar guy. He's worked well with Kamara in the past. Now, I wouldn't have high expectations for Ingram to have a big role here should Kamara return. But Eagles are pretty vulnerable run defense. They give up a lot underneath. They play two deep safety, so that's going to help Kamara in the pass game or Ingram. But right now it's trending towards Kamara playing, and he's a high-end RB1 this week returning to this matchup. Now elsewhere, uh, if you need to play a wide receiver, if you're desperate, I would go Deontay Harris. But really this Eagles secondary, Darius Slay and company are playing really well. So if you can avoid a Saints wide receiver this week, I would do that. You're not looking at Trevor Simeon in fantasy. You can't look at any of the tight ends, even though... Adam Troutman is doing better in this matchup against the Eagles is great. You just can't trust Adam Troutman in the volume. It just hasn't been high enough here as they've spread the ball around. And if Kamara comes back, he's going to dominate a lot of looks in the passing game as they go short and immediate here. So keep that in mind. And that's, that's the thing about the Saints. You don't like teams that don't have any dominant options and spread the ball around. That means you're not going to get any great value from any one player. So Something to watch. So I would avoid their wide receivers and tight ends if you can, unless you're desperate. <coughs> the only name there I would go with is Harris. Now, the Eagles are one-and-a-half-point favorites as the home team here. They won Jalen Hurts' first start, and it was Taysom Mill on the other side. Taysom Mill, by the way, battling a foot issue, so he not may not be in there to create a wrinkle there for Alvin Kamara, which is even better for Kamara's return from the knee injury. Jalen Hurts did play well against the Saints in that debut last year as a starting Quarterback for the Eagles replacing Carson Wentz. That was in December. This game's in November. Now, the Eagles side of things, I mean, I wouldn't start their running backs. Miles Sanders could return. We're not sure. But it's a committee between Jordan Howard and 
Boston Scott mainly with very little Kenneth Gainwell. The Saints are very good against the run. So I'm going to avoid the Eagles' backfield altogether in fantasy. People might tell you to avoid Devonta Smith because of Marshawn Lattimore, but interesting uh, situation here that the Saints last week wrinkled it up and uh, put a double team on A.J. Brown and then just had uh, Marshawn Lattimore on the other side. But good scheming last week. Remember, he beat Patrick Sertain <coughs> there in Denver for a big play touchdown. So keep that in mind. Devonta Smith is a very good route runner. They can get him underneath, have him work in the slot if needed to avoid that Lattimore matchup. So if you need him as a wide receiver three, I think he's a wide receiver three, two borderline the rest of the way. He's the main guy there for the Eagles. And another thing that could help Devonta Smith in this game is Dallas Gardner is battling a concussion. We'll see. He was knocked out early from the game last week against the Broncos that didn't return. He was off to a good start. So we'll have to see here what happens with... Uh, Goddard, but that would help Devonta Smith. I wouldn't pivot to any other tight end. There's no Zach Ertz to fall back on anymore, but avoid the backfield if you can. Devonta, Jalen Hurts still is a QB1 in this matchup because of his running upside. And it's a one and a half point favorite for the Eagles, 43 and a half, so not a lot of points, so that would suggest be careful and judicious about who you start in this game. The Eagles defense can be really good, and the Saints has proven to be both against limited offenses, which both of these would qualify. The next game we'll talk about before we take our first break is the Texans and the Titans. The Texans are 10.5 point underdogs in this game, 44.5, so not a lot of points here, only one more than the last one. Quick look at the Texans, I still think coming out of the bye, it's only Brand Cooks here. I mean, the Titans secondary can be beat, we know that, that's their weakness here. So, Brand Cooks is the only place you can go, but I really like him as a wide receiver too, potentially because of volume and Taylor coming back and garbage opportunities here. But everything else, nope. Titans defense, you really like this week at home there. Ryan Tannehill really owns the Texans of late, playing for Tennessee. So he's an easy two-touchdown guy this week with his legs and arm. He's really coming on. Dante Foreman in a revenge game there against his uh, first team in the NFL. Came out of uh, University of Texas, went and played for the Texans. But long time ago, but he won't forget that. They give him a shot. He's going to be motivated. Jeremy McNichols also could miss this game with a concussion which would lead to more touches for Foreman. He's been way more effective than Adrian Peterson. He was pretty good in the passing game as well. McNichols might have been fading anyway, but that's a good development. A.J. Brown should rebound big time in this game against that very weak Texan secondary. If you need Marcus Johnson to stretch the field, he's had some success in the past in a different uniform, Indianapolis, against the Texans. So, yeah, Marcus Johnson, sneaky wide receiver three flex play if you need in deeper leagues. A.J. Brown can smash it as a wide receiver. One, Dante Foreman comes in as a strong RB2, and Tannehill mid to late uh, QB1 this week, along with the Titans' defense there. I think it's going to be Titans, but I think the Texans can keep it close, but at least competitive for Cooks to be productive in this game. And we know Titans' secondary is still pretty weak, even if they can own it up front. All right, we still need to talk about six more games here in week number 11, and we'll get to those here in our final two segments. Hey, fantasy football fans, this is Vinny Hour with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called a GetUpside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price to the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back in your first tank. Some people drive a lot or are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back and there's no cash. The cashback gets added right to your account. You can cash it anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card or for Amazon or other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cashback in your first tank. 
and you'll get 25 cents per gallon after that. That's code TOUCHDOWN there at GetUpside there to take advantage of that great offer and get that free money. All right, it's time to uh, pick up where we left off and uh, continue there. We'll look at the Packers-Vikings game in a moment, but once again, I need to remind you, thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We are free and available for you on all platforms. Packers-Vikings, the Packers are two-and-a-half-point road favorites in this one in Minnesota. 49 is the over. so we're going up. We're trending in the right direction for pointage. We'll get to a big point game here eventually between the Cowboys and Chiefs, but 49 is a modest total. Let's start with the Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers mispracticed there with the toe injury. He should be good to go here. Vikings can be shredded on the back end. I expect a high-scoring game. So Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, good battle here of these two passers in this game under the dome. So Aaron Jones, a QB1. Kirk Cousins, a QB1. A.J. Dillon taking over for Aaron Jones has a knee injury. He will be an RB1 here. That's how good this Packers running game is. It doesn't matter. The Vikings have been pretty good against the run. But A.J. Dillon, we know, was spectacular last week taking over and closing out the Seahawks and uh, scoring a couple touchdowns for the Packers. He looked outstanding. One of the best handcuffs in fantasy football, and you'll prove that here in this game. So Dillon RB1, Rodgers QB1. Devontae Adams here is a wide receiver one. As usual, the matchup is that great. He should have a rebound big game here. He owns the Vikings pretty well. Al Lazard will watch him. He didn't practice early in the week. Uh, both the Adams and Lazard dealing with the shoulder injury, but... If Lazard is in there, he has some appeal as a wide receiver three or flex play this week for you for the Packers. So getting your principles for the Packers. Their big three is the same big three, except Dylan is in there for Jones. Not going to play the Packers defense here in the road. Nothing to see at tight end ever since Robert Tunyon went down. And really, I'm not going to extend and try to find other receivers on the Packers beyond Lazard here to think about in week number 11. All right, let's break down the Vikings. They have their principles, too. Pretty simple. They have their big three. Kirk Cousins, you could say is involved in the big three, but the big three I'm talking about, Justin Jefferson coming off a monster game last week against the Chargers. He should keep it up. This uh, Packers secondary still missing Jair Alexander, so that really helps Jefferson. He can smash it. Adam Thielen should get back in the end zone and have a good game. He has pretty good history against the Packers. Dalvin Cook, tough matchup. The Packers' run defense has been playing pretty well, but... Cook is going to get his, and you know that, every week. This might drop into more RB2 scoring this week. I might not play him in uh, some DFS here this week, but <laughs> in terms of regular leagues, really, I, I don't know if I would go Dylan either in DFS, and the Vikings are pretty good, but I think Dylan and, and Cook can easily give you back-end RB1, RB2 uh, production here this week at the very worst, like a high-end, like 14th, 15th in scoring, something like that for both of these backs. But love the matchup right here for the offenses to go off in this one. A tight end, if you need to extend and you're desperate and your team is just not looking good, if we had the aforementioned Goddard, who's got a concussion, you could look definitely at Tyler Conklin. Two touchdowns last week. They're involving him a little bit more as the third target behind Thielen Jefferson. I like Cousins. A lot of passing is going to be in this game regardless on the Packers and Vikings side. Some good running. So all around, get as many guys as reasonable as possible in your lineups from these two teams in this game and avoid the defenses for sure with these uh, quarterbacks, uh, running games, and passing games overall. All right, let's pivot to the Bengals and Raiders. Uh, the Bengals are one-point road favorites in Las Vegas. It's 50. We like the 5-0 number here for the over-under. <coughs> let's start with the Bengals. Coming off a bye, they should be rather effective here. Joe Burrow's a QB1. Jamar Chase, wide receiver 1. T. Higgins is a wide receiver 2. If you need Tyler Boyd, you could go there. 
in deep leagues as a wide receiver three or flex. CJ Uzama is a back-end tight end one. That's how bad the Raiders are here this week. I think it's an Uzama game, so maybe more Uzama than Boyd. I'd feel a little bit more comfortable playing Uzama than Boyd, and Uzama is a pretty good value in DFS this week. We'll talk about a little bit more of that in lineup Friday. Players only want to target their tight end, but he's one of them for sure. Chase should come back and smash as a secondary shot. I know that Casey Hayward, he was a bit overachieving, but it's uh, the speed of Jamar Chase. They'll scheme and get him open. He's well-rested. Bengals and Joe Mixon also representing an RB1 as the Vegas uh, defense is falling apart. Now, you can also play Derek Carr on the other side. It should be a battle between him and Joe Burrow. So both of these guys are QB1s in the ranking this week. And Carr is going to have a lot more garbage time. I like uh, Josh Jacobs to rebound. I like a little bit of Kenny Drake in the flex. Jacobs is more of an RB2. Darren Waller can bounce back as a tight end one in this one. Hunter Renfro stays going as a wide receiver 2-3 borderline. More of a 2 there in uh, PPR leagues because of how well efficient he's been. And he's now scoring touchdowns. So I love Hunter Renfro. Love Darren Waller. If you're desperate, you can go for Brian Edwards to be a big play threat here. Again, Drake should have a little bit more value. They didn't use him enough last week against the Chiefs. I think that changes in this game. So start him if you got him within reason here on both teams, and you'll be satisfied here. And again, this is a week maybe if you want to stretch for Boyd or Edwards and needing help with wide receiver. <laughs> an opportunity there. Different types of receivers. Boyd in the slot. Edwards there downfield. But both of them can be rather productive in a high-scoring game between these two quarterbacks, Burrow and Carr. So, yeah, good game for fantasy football. And I want some good shares of DFS. A lot of people are going to be on the Cowboys-Chiefs game. This is a game you also want a lot of pieces of here, given the total is 50, and uh, there's only one other 50-plus point game, and that's the Cowboys-Chiefs. All right, let's uh, turn to uh, one of the late afternoon uh, fun games here in the 425 window. The other one is the Cowboys and Chiefs, but this game is also there, the Cardinals and Seahawks. A lot of question marks on this one. The Cardinals, and we'll see about Kyler Murray, practiced limited bases there with his ankle. He might be trending to play at some point, but we don't know. This is what happened last week. Colt McCoy is doing with a pectoral injury, so I hope they won't need to start Chris Strebler because whoever left at wide receiver, should DeAndre Hopkins, who didn't practice early with a hamstring injury, has missed two games. If he can't come back, <coughs> Strebler in there, or even McCoy, he can't feel really good. A.J. Green has disappeared. Christian Kirk, in theory, I think we're forcing him to be productive. Should Hopkins miss? But it's very limited results there from Christian Kirk. So really the only guy that you can feel 100% confident in, should Murray not play, would be James Conner. I mean, he's just the guy that they've trusted. The Seahawks run defense is pretty weak. They've actually tightened the screws a little bit in their pass defense, so that's not great for Christian Kirk either. So, again, something to watch. This could be a very low-scoring game. So be careful with Russell Wilson. I think he has a low ceiling this week. I think he has a pretty high floor to rebound. His fingers should be healthier. They're back at home. He's going to have to play off the run, which won't have Chris Carson. So more of Alex Collins battling through a growing injury. Not all that effective there. But DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett feels like a get-well game. If those two guys do something, then Wilson can be pretty good. But it all comes down to his finger, how healthy it is. I think they do feel pretty good about it. So, again, Seahawks, Cardinals, something uh, to watch here. And you want the developments to go in favor. And really, you need Kyler Murray on the other side because I think Pete Carroll is going to be a little conservative with the game plan, and that's also going to keep things down. So if Murray provides some resistance and they put up some numbers, then Wilson is going to have to do a little bit more. So that's what we're hoping here is the Seahawks again. Very mild favorites here, two and a half in this game in week number 11. All right, three more games to talk about, including that marquee Cowboys-Chiefs game, which we've been teasing for a while. 
We're back and better than ever. New web interface for the start of basketball season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action of the season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign today and receive your 50% welcome bonus at first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available here for the 2021 season. Wherever it is in the season, basketball just started, football near the end. They'll take care of you there at BetOnline. BetOnline is also the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Go to BetOnline. It's where the game starts. And remember to use that promo code LOCKEDON to get that 50% welcome bonus. All right, time to close the show here. Looking at the marquee ending games of the week. This is it for sure. 56 is the over-under for Cowboys Chiefs as Dallas goes to Kansas City. Rocket Arrowhead Stadium. (coughs) I think this is going to live up to the hype, folks. Let's start with it. On the other side, Dak Prescott, red hot last week. CeeDee Lamb on fire. He stays on fire. This matchup is excellent for him. In the secondary, as they can move him around, scheme him, get him open. Lamb is a wide receiver one this week. Amari Cooper should rebound and fall into wide receiver two status. I think Michael Gallup has a feel as wide receiver three, given how much he can throw. Ezekiel Elliott playing through a knee contusion should be fine here. Maybe a little bit more action for Tony Pollard, but the Chiefs are pretty giving to running backs as well. So, your Cowboys principles straight down the line. Dak QB1. Zeke RB1. Lamb is your top wide receiver. Again, with Cedric Wilson and Gallup, it's really hard to play Dalton Schultz, but the matchup is excellent for Dalton Schultz. We look at Daniel Sorensen, some of the people they have on the back end for the Chiefs at safety and linebacker, cannot cover backs, cannot cover tight ends, so Schultz could pop in the end zone here in this game. I actually like him. I haven't liked him in a lot of weeks. He just... Missed a touchdown from Dak last week. I think he gets it this week. And again, the wide receivers stay productive, but I'm not stretching to Wilson. Gallup, I think, can make a big play in this one to compliment Lamb. So <coughs> Lamb has kind of taken over as the top wide receiver on this team. He's the guy that Dak likes the most here right now. He did love Amari Cooper, but Lamb, I think, is just a better player than Amari Cooper, and that's what you're seeing here with your life. So good week to sit Cowboys. Defense, however, with Trayvon Diggs. The Chiefs have cleaned up their turnover and uh, pass protection issues, so... You can't go there against Patrick Mahomes this week. You're just asking for potential negative points. You can't go there with the Chiefs, who were decent last week on the road against the Raiders. You look at the Chiefs and uh, their profile. Patrick Mahomes, QB1. Tyreek Hill, wide receiver 1. And Travis Kelsey, tight end 1. These guys could be, again, the top on the board at, at all their positions here this week. Would not surprise anyone. Now, where do you extend? I wouldn't go to the backfield. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire could muck it up. I also don't like Daryl Williams running against the Cowboys defense here. They've been pretty good against the run, save for that Broncos game. They went back to taking care of business up front here. So I wouldn't trust a back, especially if Clyde Edwards Alaire returns, complicating things with Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams had a fluky kind of receiving game last week, and I don't think that happens. The matchups are too favorable again for Hill and Kelsey. I think they'll get a third or fourth wide receiver involved. <coughs> last week they got Byron Pringle and Noah Gray and all these peripheral players. That seems what it is for the Chiefs when they're at the best. A lot of Hill, a lot of Kelsey, and then it's by committee in producing the other points here for Mahomes. They're on track. They're in get-well game. This game should play into the 30s, well over that 56-point range. So enjoy, sit back, get your popcorn ready, as a former cowboy Terrell Owens would say, and watch the fantasy points flow here. And uh, again, get some good shares of DFS, but again, do not forget about that Bengals-Vegas game to have a little bit contrarian plays and some boost plays here. We'll talk a lot more again about DFS DraftKings and FanDuel values there on lineup Friday as we uh, take that match 
jump in all these matchups in that direction here for week number 11. All right, let's go to the Steelers-Chargers game. The Chargers are five-and-a-half-point favorites. That dis- despite Joey Bosa, their edge rusher, and Jerry Tillery, one of their best inside guys. They're not very good against the run anyway, but both those guys are on the COVID-19 list, so that helps the Steelers in the running game. Let's start with them. Najee Harris is an RB1. The Chargers are really bad. <clears throat> They're also really bad on top of being bad against the run against tight ends. So Pat Freermuth should rebound after a quiet game. They just gave up a two-score game to Conklin of the Vikings. And we also saw Freermuth before last week. It's a debacle against the Lions. He had two scores against the Bears. So everything lines up here. Ben Roethlisberger looks like he should return from the COVID-19 list. It's not for sure. It could be Mason Rudolph again. So that would downgrade the weapons a little bit, but I figure the matchup is still great enough here for Freermuth to play as a back-end tight end one. Chase Claypool has a chance to return from the toe injury. Got a limited practice early. If that's the case, you can play him against the Chargers. Chargers secondary is starting to spring some holes here. They'd rather have been pretty good all over, but Claypool and Deontay Johnson, Freermuth, the passing game is pretty streamlined. So I'm going to say Chase Claypool is a wide receiver three with upside because of his big playability, but... He's not doing the big touchdown and big play games that he had last year. A little bit of regression there. But Deontay Johnson locked in always as a wide receiver two here. And uh, Najee Harris should smash it again. They should feed Harris a lot here, especially if it's Rudolph in there. But the matchup calls for run on the Chargers. Pretty good MO. You can pass on them a little bit better, but you have to run, set up the play action downfield, and then you can have success. So, And uh, with no bust and no tillery, that really opens things up for both the running and passing game this week and already a good matchup. So <coughs> I think the Steelers are going to exceed expectations offensively, but I also think the Chargers are going to be just fine. This is not a very good matchup for that Steelers defense. They're going to miss their key edge rusher, TJ Watt. I'd be surprised if he plays through his multiple injuries he had last week where he can return. You have Joe Hayden, the best corner, veteran corner at least, when the Steelers could miss it. They've been given a lot of plays downfield. You do have uh, Justin Herbert with his big arm, so it all lines up here for Herbert to have a rebound game. Typically, it doesn't feel good to play a quarterback against the Steelers' defense, but Steelers' defense is leaking up front. They can't really stop anything. Austin Eckler is also in a smash spot as an RB1. Mike Williams is a guy who would not play over. He's got a knee issue. They could uh, give a little bit more Josh Palmer love here this week, uh, the rookie from Tennessee who they really like. We thought he was going to be the guy here. He probably is going to be the guy next year with Mike Williams entering free agency. A lot of knee swelling, a lot of questions marks there. If Williams can run as he was burning it up early in the season. So I'd avoid him. Keenan Allen smashes as wide receiver one. So your principals, Herbert, Allen, Eckler, I would stay with those this week. Sneaky play is also the Chargers defense. Should Mason Rudolph play? Feel better about it. But Red Roethlisberger is a guy that you can also get after. The offensive line for the Steelers a bit banged up at guard here as uh, they had uh, Kevin Dotson and uh, Trey Turner. Their two guards are banged up. So maybe some inside pass rush. Here for the Chargers could be effective in this game. So, yeah, some sacks and turnovers could be there. More so with the Rudolph than Roethlisberger there this week. But, again, player principles with the Chargers and the defense is the sleeper on their team this week. Finally, finally, our last game is Monday Night Football. This is the biggest spread of the week. The Buccaneers at home, 11-point favorites, despite losing two consecutive games here to the Saints. Didn't look very good last week against the Washington football team, but they've been dominant at home. They've destroyed teams like the Dolphins, the Bears. It doesn't matter who's come in. Really, their last really nail-biter at home was in Week 1 against the Cowboys. But they've dominated. Tom Brady doesn't have three bad games in a row. He doesn't have two bad games in a row very often. He's certainly not going to have three at home with the home cooking. Here, we have to still look at the injury report. But 
the reports haven't been good for Antonio Brown or Rob Gronkowski yet, so he's probably going to be without them again. But Mike Evans could see a little James Bradbury, so I still would go with Evans. They've schemed him open in a lot of tougher matchups. We saw one against Jalen Johnson of the Bears. That didn't matter. We saw the Dolphins secondary. That didn't matter. So they scheme him open. He's always a threat to score a touchdown, but I don't know if he's going to have a big yardage day. Given Bradbury's a pretty big corner can contain him, but Chris Godwin seems like another smash game for him. Should not Brown Gronkowski be out? We know Brady's going to find another tight end. We're not sure if it's Cameron Brady or O.J. Howard to score. Leonard Fournette in a pretty good spot. I know the Giants' defense can be pretty good. They did a number on the Bucks last year. You'd expect them to play a little bit better after the bye, but look, don't go think, okay, Washington overachieved, so the Bucks uh, were a little bit in the funk offensively last week. The Giants are better defense on paper. How will that affect them this week? Yeah, there'll be some adversity here, but it's Tom Brady, home game, night, game the Buccaneers desperately need to win to try to get control back of the NFC seating here, so they're going to come out motivated. Let's go, as he would say, and they're going to put up some points here. So Tom Brady will bounce back big as a QB1. Doesn't matter who's out there. Evans more drop into wide receiver 2-3 borderline, even <coughs> with that tough matchup. Sorry. And then uh, Chris Godwin bumps up to wide receiver 1, again, assuming you have no Brown as well as Gronk in this game. Uh, you can't really trust Tyler Johnson. You can't really trust uh, any other backs other than Fournette. So player principles, Brady. Evans and Godwin, Fournette, the Bucks defense, also a good spot here at home against Daniel Jones here, and the turnovers. So 49.5 is this over-under, by the way, so limited points, but uh, could be a little bit like that Raiders-Bengals game or that earlier uh, late afternoon window there that we talked about. Now, the Giants side of things, coming off Daniel Jones, if you need him, you can go there, but I don't love this because it feels like a trap. Buccaneers defense in prime time, <coughs> I don't know. I feel like it could be a turnover-riddled game for Daniel Jones here. I don't buy it, and that's why I like the Bucks' defense. So be wary. I mean, you're going to maybe squeeze out a couple touchdowns at the most. I don't see a high ceiling for him, and there's also potential for a very low floor. So if you're going to play Daniel Jones, do it at your own risk here this week. Kadarius Tony. I mean, that's a key. If they can play him a little bit more, I don't think Sterling Shepard's going to return here in this game. Kenny Galladay has been, not been great. I mean, I would like to trust Kenny Galladay like he was the Lions' top fantasy asset, Kenny Galladay, but the Giants just hasn't been right. So let's hope they unleash Tony because I think he has the best chance to do some damage in garbage time trailing that double-digit deficit there against the Buccaneers' secondary. So let's hope for that. Saquon, let's see if he's healthier this week, but Vita Vea of the Buccaneers, he's their massive body inside, flanking and Dominican Sue. He's going to have to miss some time, most likely, so... That opens things up a little bit in the run defense. We also saw in a tough matchup, even though the yardage wasn't there, Antonio Gibson fought hard, ran hard, <laughs> produced two touchdowns. So Barkley always has that possibility here on the ground. We assume he's going to play. So Barkley I like more as an RB2. Daniel Jones, I think he's a QB2, deeper league maybe, but more of a super flex uh, two QB league option for me than actually trying to force him as a streamer in 14-teamers. Then uh, the other guy, we look at Tony. I think Tony's going to be the guy that could break out in this game. Can't trust Darius Slayton. I wouldn't trust Evan Ingram at tight end. But to it could be Tony, Tony, Tony a lot coming off the bye. Let's see him in action. He big games against the Saints and the Cowboys. Makes a lot of sense after the bye to get him going here as a rookie first-round pick with a lot of big playability here for the Giants here uh, starting in Week 11. I think he's going to have a strong second half. It's just my hunch. 
and gut. A lot of people are off toning. Again, it's hard to go with an unknown quantity, but sometimes that's when they go off. You have to anticipate that. So if you're really hurting at wide receiver three with some upside, he can give that to you there. And I think Jason Garrett and uh, Joe Judge would be foolish not to showcase him more than that. He's fully healthy and knowing what he did there against Dallas uh, when it came down to it in garbage time. All right, there you have it. There's a look at the, the back end eight games here on the schedule. And uh, that takes care of another matchup Thursday. And uh, before we get out of here, we've been talking a bit about fantasy and gambling, but make sure you're checking out Locked on Bets here, your daily one-stop shop for all gambling needs here on the network. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. For Locked on Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a good Thursday night football game there for fantasy, whether you play or avoid people. And we'll catch you tomorrow, DFS look there with Lineup Friday as well as injury updates you need to know going into the weekend.